0: I'm your host, Attorney Ethel Mitchell, and I want to welcome you to Law Talk, where we talk about really important information that has a lot to do with how well your family does, how well you do, what happens to your legacy, your property, your money, your life insurance, your retirement, and so on, after you pass away, and what's probate What's you know, wills, deeds, power of attorneys, medical directives. Uh, we're trying to give you information that you cannot get in other places. Um, and we also welcome you to call in with your questions about anything having to do with this particular subject. Uh, this program is brought to you by my law office, Wills and Trust LLC where the only kind of law we do is prepare wills, trust, power of attorneys, advance medical directives. We review your deeds to make sure they say what you think they should say, and will do what you want them to do. Uh, um, and we assist in the administration of probate and trust. So give us a call at 240-638-2828. Two four zero six three eight two eight two eight and we'll be glad to help you with either preparing these documents for mm-hmm. yourself or reviewing what you already have. Uh, and also, if someone has named you to be a personal representative or trustee, if you'd like to know what those duties involved will consist of, I have started to review documents for the intended personal representative in wills and it's been very helpful to people i think we just do they send me a copy of the will or the trust uh and i send them you know a client information form to fill out about the person whose will it is and then we have a consultation where i review it with them i tell them how it works what to expect and If there are suggestions available as to how to make it easier, then I'll also tell them that. Okay, so please give us a call at 240-638-2828 if you or someone you know needs assistance in having a will prepared, a trust prepared, or administrating an estate or a trust. That's 240-638-2828. And while I'm here on the air, call now. It's a great time to get your questions answered. The number here, of course, is 1-800-450-7876. That's 1-800-450-7876. Call early so that I have a chance to explain it in more detail. I'd like people to understand this is really important stuff. It impacts everybody and everything that happens and your legacy. Today, in particular, I want to talk about parents dying without wills. Parents dying without wills. But before I do that, I want to remind you that law is powerful. It controls what you do, what happens even particularly in this field, it ha- it controls what happens after you die. It controls what happens after you die. Uh, and I'm going to be more specific about that, but I understand I have a caller on the line right now. That's very good. Hello, good morning. May I help you?
1: Good morning, Attorney Ethel Mitchell. How are you?
0: I'm good. Thank you. I'm good. How can I uh, help you?
1: Is, yes, this is Don. We spoke briefly about my uh, deeds being transferred to my trust and your office oh yeah uh, Call caller they haven't gotten back in touch with me i've left you i didn't know years. you
0: did you take the did you take the deeds and the trust to the office
1: no because someone from your office was supposed to get back in touch with me and they never did
0: that was a misunderstanding, sir. I thought I told you the address and everything of no, the office.
1: No, you never gave me the address or anything.
0: Okay, then call me over the uh, – oh, oh, well, I'll just give it to you. It's 8403 Colesville Road.
1: Just a minute. Let me – and I made at least three calls to you and never got a response.
0: Well, now that – I'm going to have to talk to my, my, my staff about that because okay. I didn't get that message. And, and I, was I apologize. I really you, apologize because I've been looking for it. I've been looking for it. I know you it.
1: hired additional help. And I was wondering I if did. you were overburdened that you couldn't address my problem.
0: Well, no. I I have two new people, in fact. But
1: yeah, yeah, I, said, I did I know not that get that message. Yeah, help. No,
0: I apologize.
1: Uh, All what right. What is the address, please?
0: 8403.
1: 8403. Colesville Road. Spell that, please.
0: C O L E S V I L L E. C C C, C. Oh, like, like, like car. Like... Oh, okay. C? O-L-E-S. Mm-hmm. V-I-L-L-E. Oh, okay. One word.
1: Colesville Road. Colesville Road. Mm-hmm. Suite 1100. Sweet. 1100.
0: Yes, Silver Spring, Maryland.
1: Okay, what's the zip, please? 20910.
0: 20910.
1: 910, yeah. Okay, let me get this right. Uh, suite 1100. Yes. 8403 Colesville Road, Silver Springs, That's Maryland. Right. Okay. That's right. I will be sending my document to you. Okay. All okay. right please do all right, all right. and, and also, I
0: apologize, and I'm gonna to talk to the person that answers my my calls and check on that, okay so
1: not I only am I sending my trust, I'm sending also my uh my my will and my uh uh power attorney and my uh medical director for your review and give me your okay. uh, opinion about please. it as well
0: okay, please only send me copies.
1: Ma'am, I know that. I'm not going to put my original.
0: Very good. Yeah, please, okay. please, sir.
1: Please. All okay. right. Thank you very much.
0: All right. All right. Have and again, I apologize. Day. Thank you. You do, too. All right. All right? All right. All right. All right. Thank you for calling. You're listening to Law Talk with Ethel Mitchell. I'm your host, Attorney Ethel Mitchell. The only kind of law we do, as we said before, is wills, trust, and estate planning. uh. Um, Uh, That was an example of someone who wanted me to review what he has and also to look at the deeds that needed to be done. If you have that kind of situation, please give us a call at 240-638-2828. I think there was a mistake about that one because I thought I had given him that information, but I must not have. So I apologize for that. We do have more people to help us, and we are trying. Everybody's working remotely it's a little bit more difficult than it usually than it used to be you know cuz all calls have to be transmitted then it has to be returned uh, so we're we're working on that as i started to say before call me now while i'm on the air if you have questions to at one 450 7876 800 450 7876 or call the office at 240 638 2828. Law is powerful. It can help you or it can hurt you. It impacts everything that you do. What you don't know can hurt you and what you do know can empower you. So each week, Law Talk with Ethel Mitchell, this radio program aims to empower you by bringing you professionals who know the law to enlighten and inform you. I want to also include today like i do each week recent this year voting is powerful it determines what kind of government we have it determines what happens to the tax money that we all pay it determines what kind of schools we have in our neighborhoods what's being taught more and more in our schools it determines who selects the police chiefs voting determines how justice is administered because voting, and it's from the voting rolls that juries are picked. So please be sure to vote. Be sure to not only vote yourself, get your adult children to vote, get them registered, get your churches together, and make sure you vote. Know that there is a concerted effort to keep African Americans from voting. Because when we vote, we're one of the largest, if not the largest, voting bloc in the country. When we vote, we elect president. When we vote, if we vote in the midterm elections, like, like in this year, we can also elect mayors and county people and so on like that, school board people. So get out and vote. Make sure you use the power of the vote. Every time you can vote, do so at every level. Um, so don't don't take it for granted. There's a concerted effort to turn back the clock. It was done after Reconstruction, right after the Civil War, and there's an effort to do it again now. And we must not let it happen. So vote. If you see people that you like and you want to support, send them a check. Politicians need money, so send them a check. You know, you can be $25, you know, $50, $100, whatever. Send them what you can. Get out and volunteer. I'm really trying to emphasize how important voting is. Back to the subject of this program, however, wills and trusts, I have two websites. One is called WillsAndTrusts.net, and you have to put an S on the Trust.net. On that website is a lot of information, so if you're curious, go there, find out what's a will, what's the power of attorney, what's a trust, how they're used. Um, it's really important if you're curious and you want to know about it, that's a great place to go and find out information. There's also Law Talk with LawTalkWithEthelMitchell.com, which is this radio program where pictures of guests and links to their websites and so on and the audio of many programs is, are on. And there is a podcast now of the audio of these programs, you can go to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, any of the big web you know podcasting sites, um, and just listen. You can listen at any time; it's up, it's up twenty four seven. You can people tell me they listen to it in their cars when they're driving and so on, and find out what we talk about on this program. What's a will? What's a power of attorney? A lot of my guests we have posted their programs there. And so it's important that even if you or your children or your spouse or your you know grandchildren who are adults and so on have not been able to listen to the program, not everybody wants to get up on Saturday morning. I understand that. I respect that. But now we have the podcast where they can listen at any time that they want. But please remember what you hear on this program or you see on the websites does not Create an attorney-client relationship. There's Each person's circumstances really are different, and you must seek individual counsel for any situation for which you need advice. Every adult needs three basic documents, every adult. You need a last will and testament, a power of attorney, and advanced medical directives. Let me repeat. You need a last will and testament, a power of attorney, and a medical directive. Every individual adult, you don't do these jointly. Years ago, they used to do joint wills and stuff. You don't do that anymore. Each individual person, your your wife needs one, and you need one. Your husband needs one, and you need one. You need that last will and testament, your power of attorney, and you need one. Your husband needs one. And you need one. You need that last will and testament, your power of attorney, and your medical directive. Your will takes effect when you die. Your power of attorney and your medical directives take effect or are effective while you are alive. Okay? And if you go to a lawyer or have us do it, your power of attorney and your medical directives can clearly say they spring into effect. That's a term we call it a springing power of attorney. They come into effect if you are incapacitated. You can you can have it like that, or you can have it effective immediately, whatever whichever way you want. But you don't have to worry that somebody is going to take your power of attorney and do things while you are well and can take care of your own stuff, unless you want them to. Okay then your power of attorney says that. But you can have what we call a springing power of attorney where you actually have to have one or two doctors, however it's read, say in writing that you are incapacitated to make decisions on your own behalf. And then that power comes into effect. That's called a springing power of attorney. The power of attorney and the medical directives, as I said, are effective while you are alive. They are no longer effective when you die. No longer is the power of attorney effective when you die. So the power of attorney is no good if you don't have a will once somebody dies. I had that situation this week, and in the past few months, I've been getting knowledge either from direct phone calls from people or other lawyers, when we talk about cases where parents who die without a will really leave their children, and I'm talking, and right now I'm going to talk specifically about adult children even in alert When you are a parent of even adult children, we're not even going to talk about, unless you want to, talk about minor children. That's a major problem. But it's also a major problem when your children are adults and you die without a will. And I want to, although I'll answer whatever questions you have, if you call in, certainly I will answer your questions as best I can and give you information as much as I can. I truly want to emphasize to everyone listening that don't think that because your children are adults, you don't need to have a will. You do, and I'm going to talk about that uh, today because I'm getting more and more. I've always had situations like this, but it seems to me, I think it really hit me hard this week because I received word of several people whose adult children were so distressed. You know, when somebody dies, you're already distressed when some especially a parent dies i know when i when my mother died i it was like a big hole in the world just opened up under my foot, feet i couldn't function i couldn't as much as i do this stuff for other people i was just in a fog i was just in a fog and thank god i i had already done her will i have smart children i have you know, nieces and nephews who really stepped in, and although they would ask me, is this what you want, because I'm the oldest in the family, um, I, I all I could say was yeah or no, you know. And then I just said, you do it. You all do this. You do this. Because I just couldn't function. So when your parents die, and I'm grown, okay, I am fully grown with my own children and old on top of it. And yet something happens to a person when their parent dies that is indescribable. And so if you are a parent, even if your children are adults, fully grown, you need to have a will. You need to have a last will and testament. You need to be, to, to, to give them direction. You you really do, um, and I, re- I and I, I want to talk about this in more detail today because a lot of times people think, well, I don't really need to do a will. My children are grown; they'll know what to do. I've told them what to do, okay? But but I see situations all the time where children are just already in a fog because they've lost their parents and. You know, They don't have the power, they don't have the legal authority to do anything because you didn't do it well, or you didn't make it possible for them to get the authority quickly and easily. For example, they can't get into your bank account. Just recently on a, on a lawyer's list serve, there was, we have these email lists of lawyers who do this kind of work. All lawyers in different types of fields have what we call listservs. And and an email came across saying an 18-year-old boy, you know, child, he's still an adult, okay, father had died. And he didn't know what to do. He didn't know where to go. He didn't know how to bury his father. He didn't know where the bank accounts were. He didn't know anything. And that unfortunately is not uncommon. I had another case where a lady had called me uh, two weeks ago saying that her mother was in the hospital. She was very sick and they expected her to die. So I asked a few questions found out that although she was in her right mind, at least according to this lady, even if we were able to get documents done, we couldn't get them to her to be signed. Because of COVID and, you know, the restrictions on people visiting, a will has to be signed not only by the person, but there has to be two attesting witnesses. Which means that two people have to be presently present there and see her sign or him sign, and then sign themselves, saying that she was in her right mind or whoever whose will it was was in her right mind. They saw her sign. They knew she knew it was her will, and they they signed in front of her. And she signed in front of them, and they signed in front of her. And it all has to happen at the same time. So you see, um, I've had cases of my own where I did do the will. In one case, I did do the trust or the amendment to the trust. And still, we could not get it signed. Could not get it signed. So I've got to go to break, but I'm, I'm going to talk about this in more detail because I want all of you parents out there Even when your children are adults, and especially if your children are minors, to know that you really need to have a last will and testament. You really need to have a last will and testament. Don't wait until the end. A will doesn't mean you're going to die. You're going to die because you're alive. That's just a part of life. All of us getting out of here, as we say. You know, you don't get out of life alive. You don't. At some point, everybody leaves, and you leave all your stuff right here. So American law gives you the power to control what you do, with what is done, rather, with what you leave. You have the power through your last will and testament to say, I want this child to get this, I want this wife to get this, I want this person to get this, and this is who's going to be in charge. You can use your power, be, beneficiary designation to say, this is who I want to get these different things. But this is an area of the law where you have to do these things in writing, and it has to be done according to law. So if you want to protect your wife, your husband, your children, your grandchildren, you must have a last will and testament. At the very least, in some instances, a trust might help as well. And you must take advantage of the law and do these things in writing. You really must. You're listening to Law Talk with Ethel Mitchell. I'm your host, Attorney Ethel Mitchell. Give me a call while I'm on the air right now at 1-800-450-7876 or give us a call at the office at 240-638-2828 and we'll be glad to work with you to make sure these things get done, review what you've done if you've already done something and let you know if we have any suggestions there or how it would work, 240-638-2828. Um, I apologize if there's any delay. We've been trying to really work quickly, um, and I'm hiring more people in order to help me with it. But definitely give us a call at 240-638-2828, and we'll be glad to work with you. We are still working remotely. We are not in the office. We only go to the office when we are signing documents to meet clients to sign their documents. Okay? Then we meet in a conference room, sign the documents, witness them, I notarize them, and then we give them to the client and record whatever deeds need to be recorded at that point. But before then, we will send you a client information form. Either by postal mail or by email. When you're when you filled it out and you send it back, you send me an email if you're using email, and I'll send you a link to a secure mail email portal that you can return them through. Or we will mail them to you by regular postal mail, and you can mail it back to us by postal mail, and then we'll schedule an appointment with you to talk about. What you've said, what you want, and how best to to accomplish your objectives. Okay, so give us a call. We'll be glad to work with you. I have a new lawyer who's working with me, and we're really working hard. It's going to help things move a bit faster. Um, Know that you have to do these things while you are. Not just competent, but while it's possible to get them signed, all right, don't wait, please. I beg of you, until you're already in the hospital, especially in today's world. They're not letting people into the hospitals anymore um, or as in one instance, they'll only let one person in at a time i've I've heard of that too um I no longer go to the hospitals. I no longer go to people's homes like I used two years ago. It's just too unsafe. This program is brought to you by my law office, Wills and Trust, LLC, where the only kind of law we do is to prepare wills, trusts, power of attorneys, and advance medical directives. We will also review what you have and explain how it works. And if, if appropriate, give you some suggestions on new things that you might consider doing, okay? The number there is 240-638-2828. We'll be glad to call you back because we're working remotely and get your documents done. Today, I wanted to talk to you about parents dying without wills. You hear me say every week, you need three documents at least if you are a parent if you are an adult, period, even if you aren't a parent, but everyone needs a last will and testament, a power of attorney, and a advanced medical director. In the past month, I would say I've heard of at least three fathers who died without wills, and their parent and their children, adult children, were just without power to do anything, and they were very distressed, very distressed. I also had a mother who died without a will. And same thing. In this case, the mother refused to do a will. They kept saying, Mom, please do a will, please do a will. And she didn't. Instead, she told them what she wanted done. Um, she wrote something out. It wasn't witnessed or anything like that. And so it wasn't valid to past property, she had several pieces of property. She wanted certain property to go to one person and certain property to go to another and so on. And it was totally ineffective. She had children who didn't get along, particularly two sons that just did not get along. They loved each other, but they butted heads, you know? They butted heads. And it was was just a real, Legal nightmare, because everybody had exactly the same right to act as the personal representative to be appointed, uh, even when I was finally able to get them to agree to one of them being appointed and the others you know signed off as consenting to that one, there still were arguments and battles between them because that everything that person did was questioned by the other children and uh, one wanted to do this, one wanted to do that. One got their own lawyer and stuff like that. And it was so unnecessarily expensive to say nothing of being distressing. A last will and testament would have avoided 90% of that. It would have designated who was in charge. It would have said exactly how the property was to be distributed. And the person nominated would have been empowered to follow out the mother's wishes. Okay? Another situation that's not uncommon, unfortunately, is a a man dies, adult children, but he's remarried or he's married someone who is not the mother of his children, and he dies without a will. So there's a stepmother involved, or maybe my father's wife sometimes. They're called, they didn't really get raised by the stepmother. It's just someone else that he died. Uh, And people are often shocked. And, and, And if you are the parent of adult children and you want those adult children to inherit from you, whether you're married or not, whether you're married to their mother or their father or not, you really need to have a last will and testament to protect them, to protect them. If you intend for them to get something from you in an easy, least expensive, you know, way, just do a will. Okay. And, 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 don't depend on the goodwill of those that you are leaving behind. A lot of times people appear to get along, and yet when somebody dies, they don't. When money's involved, they don't. So if each of you, the husband, does their own will and the wife does their own will, then it's very clear what is to happen. If you want your wife to get or have the right to stay in the house for the rest of her life. You can say that. And then the house could go to the children, if that's what you want. That way she's protected or he's protected, and yet it will ultimately come to the children. If you want to give your spouse money to be able to manage, you can do it through your beneficiary designations and so on, or you can do it through your trust or your will. And then you can give your children in a percentage way, especially in life insurance policies and retirement. You can say X percentage to my spouse and X percentage to my children. Okay? But your will is critical because in in one instance, not so long ago, somebody called me and they said, ah, my father died. There was a stepmother involved. The Children are involved. We don't know what's going on. I said, did he have a will? No. So what people don't understand is whoever is the spouse has the first priority to be appointed as personal representative of the estate. Let me repeat that. When a person is married and they die, if they, even if they have adult children who they've said, you know, I'm gonna, you're going to be in charge. I'm going to take care of you and so on like that. Or I know my spouse is going to be, you know, fair to you and so on like that. When somebody dies, and you can, you can tell your parents that I heard this lawyer say this on the radio if you want, and that's okay. Because if the spouse is okay with what the intentions of their spouse is, him or her, then they would have no problem with a will to that effect. That would make sure that the intentions are carried out. So, for example, quite a few people are on their second marriages. And quite often, they have more than one house. Maybe there's the house that they raise their children in, and then they buy another house with a new spouse, okay? So if you want your children to have the house that they were raised in, which maybe you're using as rental property right now, then your will should say that. Your will can say, or your trust can say, my house that I raised my kids in goes to my children. The house that my, my wife and I now live in, or my husband and I live in, that can go to them. Or same thing with aunts and uncles who want, you know, their nieces and nephews to get certain things. You do the same thing, but, and you can do it in a trust or you can do it in a will, but it's important that you do it. If your, if your parent does not have a will that says, my children get this, they get so, 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 or they get this power of attorney, you know, the payable on death beneficiary and, and, and this is important. And you give the children a copy of that will you have probably not protected them in the best way possible you really have not and the reason why i suggest that you give them a copy of the will is because it 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 disappears sometimes we're talking today about parents dying without wills okay parents dying without wills and i'm i'm concentrating On parents with adult children today because although we all know or at least we should that when you have minor children it's even more important or it's just as important to say the least that you have a will and perhaps a trust because you need to make sure that those minor children are taken care of that's their responsibility you brought them here and so you take care of them and You may have heard me talk about how much better it is to have a trust if you have minor children so that you can appoint an adult to manage what you're leaving for them. But today I want to talk in particular about having a will, the importance of having a last will and testament even when you have adult children. So let's be more specific about facts. Even when your adult children are relatively young, 18 years old, for example, let's take the 18-year-old child, and he lived with his father, apparently, Um, you could have a will that said, I appoint my son and as personal representative of my will and I give him everything that I have. Now, legally, says, the will has to say, I appoint my, and your name, you know, this is my will. Um, this is who I appoint as personal representative of my estate. I ask that there be no bond required and that he not have to file inventories and accounts. I direct that. My estate pay my taxes, my my debts. Any, any claims against me or any debts that I have, any taxes, um, and that uh, my funeral and burial expenses be paid out of my estate. And then all the rest residue of my estate, wherever situated, goes to my son. That will, properly signed in front of two witnesses, the, the intended beneficiary cannot be or should not be a a Witness to the will. Okay. The intended beneficiary should not be a witness, or any intended beneficiary or person named in a will should not be a witness to the will. Okay. Two other adults should sign and preferably have their addresses on there uh, in front of you, know, with you, and in front of, uh, and they, everybody signs together. Okay. Um, a will then would have allowed, in writing, for them to go to court, the this, this son to go to court with the document that says, I am a personal representative of my father's estate, and this is what he said. Even without the will, though, let me be clear, if he is the only child of the father, he has that right to do so once he's 18 years of age, okay? But if he's not the only child, maybe the father had more children, uh, then he has the same rights as all the other children, and there may be some fighting going on there, and all the other children will get to divide whatever the father has. They have a case right now where the father died without a will, There are children, adult children, by the current wife. And then there was another child, older, by, I don't know if he was married to the mother or not. doesn't matter. doesn't matter. But he's a child, okay, an adult child. And because there was no will, the wife has priority to be appointed. So she was appointed, but still had to get consents and waivers. She was appointed. She does have priority. Um, and we were able to move forward. But the law says not only who has priority, but it also says how much everybody gets, how much in terms of spousal allowances when there's a spouse, and how much the remainder is divided into percentages in almost all cases, or one-third, two-thirds, one-fourth, two-fourths, you know, uh, three-fourths, one-half, one-half. Each state has their own law. It's called the law of intestate succession. And there are very clear rules about it, uh, which are superseded and overrun if you have a will. So if you have adult children or if you have a spouse, you can protect them. If you don't have a will, you have not protected them, okay? If you do not have a will, you have not protected those that you love. It's really just that simple. Uh, I try to be kind when I speak to people, and particularly if they say to me, well, he always said that this is what was supposed to happen. And I said, well, did he do a will? And they say no. And and I have to catch myself because sometimes I'll say without thinking, and I don't mean to be harsh, Then he didn't protect you or she didn't protect you. And it can result in some very bad things happening to those that you leave behind. I'll never forget a lady contacted me. I'm going to have to go to break soon, but I think I have enough time to say this. A lady contacted me. She and her husband had bought this beautiful home. Um, I don't I don't know if they bought it together, though, but I know it was a beautiful home. Very expensive, very nice. Um, and for whatever reason, her name was not on the deed. It was not on the deed. And she kept saying to him, please, Please let's do a will. or put my name on the deed and he never did. He never did a will. And he had a child who had a very serious alcohol addiction. And he died. As soon as he died, that child who was smart. Okay, don't 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 be thinking cuz people have addictions that they're not smart. A lot of times those are really smart people. They just have an illness, okay? But that child knew enough to know that he was entitled to two thirds in that state, two thirds of the value of his father's estate. And his father's estate included that house. And I told the wife, I said, you know, he didn't have a will and he didn't put your name on the deed. And so you have got to. Either pay this child. We have to get an appraisal. To do, get a. She was in first rights to become the personal representative of the estate. Yes, I said we'll open the estate. We'll get an appraisal, and then you're going to have to find two thirds of the value of this house to pay to this child his share of the house. Because that was a major part of the the whole estate in 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 that state, and it's one of the states around here. Um, gives two thirds to the child and one third to the the spouse. Some states give one half and one half. Some states give one fourth and three fourths. And then there's usually what's called a spousal allowance that might be $40,000. I think in D.C. it's 40000 altogether, homestead and so on like that, um, first off the top, and then the percentage. But in this case, they had worked together to buy this house. For whatever reason, her name was not on the deed, and then he died without having a will, a will that would have said, I give my home to my wife and I give whatever else he wanted to to the child, at least the will saying that the house went to the wife would have protected the wife. And without it, she was unprotected. Another issue that I've run into recently is that a lot of times the children, the adult children, and the parents live in different states, they don't even live in the same place. I know I live here and my parents live in Texas. So that makes it even harder to arrange, protect, and take care of the the, the property, the money, to even know what money your parent had when they died, knowing what bank accounts they had, where they are. And when someone dies and they have a spouse who is right there, and you're a child in a different state, an adult child. It is the spouse who has the right to to go into court, become appointed as personal representative, open an estate account, and then go into the banks and get all their money and put it into the estate account. Now, and then that is a spouse that has the first right to do that, If he or she, your parent, did not have a last will and testament that appointed you or one of his children or her children to do that. A lot of people don't understand what happens when somebody dies. Let me explain. When somebody dies, leaving a bank account or bank accounts, brokerage accounts and so on like that. And their account is in their individual name. Nobody else's name is on it and there is no beneficiary designated on the account. That account is usually frozen by the banks. Nobody can get to it, all right? So right there, you have a problem because I've had cases where you can't even bury the person. There's no money to bury them because you can't get into their bank accounts, all right? And so you have to open an estate, and opening an estate means going to a lawyer, filing a petition for administration of the estate, to file a petition for the administration of the estate. Certain people have priority. The spouse has first priority. If there's no spouse, or if that spouse in writing agrees that it should be someone else, then if there's more than one child, All children have equal rights to be appointed, which means if you have three or four children of the deceased person, each of those children have to sign a consent to the appointment of one of them. Now, if you can't get everybody to sign a consent, or if you don't know the addresses, like in some cases of one of them, then you can still file the probate petition but then the court usually will require the person that's been that's filed to post a bond, and the, because there's no will saying that should not be a bond. So then, when there's a bond, that means that you got to have good credit. The person filing has to have good credit and has to pay for the bond, which is an insurance policy that says. They can be appointed, but they will manage the estate properly. They won't run off with the money, okay, or the insurance company will pay for it. But the insurance company isn't going to give a bond to somebody who doesn't have good credit or can't show a regular source of income. A will avoids all of these different things. A will designates who the personal representative or executor is to be. A will says, this is what I want done with my property. I want my spouse to have this, and I want my children to have this. So I beg of you, even if you have adult children, do a last will and testament. And if you are an adult child, listening to my voice on the program, Make sure that your parent has a last will and testament that protects you. And if possible, if appropriate, if they agree, ask them for a copy of it. Okay? Now, let me give you one caveat, however. A will can always be changed. A will can always be changed. All right? And what that means is even if your parent has a will that he or she signed last year, much less 4 or 5 years ago, and that will said, you know, it goes to my children, then it doesn't mean that they can't change their will. And so if the parent is married to someone who may not like what the will says, or if the parent is um, failing in health. And we've had several cases in the law, quite a few, more than several, a lot of cases where the maid, the caretaker gets a will signed by the person giving the caretaker all the money. Okay? So you got to be careful of that be very careful of that. At least if you have a copy of the old will, you can go into court and say, Your Honor, here's my father, my mother's will that he or she did, hopefully not too long before they died. And this new will that says everything goes to this caretaker was done when he or she was not in their right mind and you can prove that you know, they, their medical condition was such that they were not competent to sign the will, you have something, a stronger leg to stand on, so to speak, in front of court. But if you have no will at all that they ever did, and they they come up with this other will, it's just a less strong case. You can always say, but you have to prove that the will was signed under undue influence, that the will was signed, you know, when they weren't in their right minds. Those are really hard cases to, to, to win. It can be done, okay? But they're very hard to win. So don't depend on that. Don't depend on, well, my mother didn't know what she was signing, or my father wouldn't have done that, and he didn't know what he was signing at that time. We know, okay? It's really hard to prove those kinds of cases. So... I recommend to you that you make sure if you are a parent that you have a last will and testament. That uh, sometimes I'll say to clients, if they're not sick or they're not too elderly, they don't have to give their children a copy of the will because you might change your mind. Okay? But you can at least say to the child, I have a will. And you can even say where that will is. You know, I I give my clients big three-ring binders with their documents in it. They're too big to be lost. You know, they have a colorful front on them with their names and everything on it. And, you know, I'll say, show this to your children so they'll know this is the book that they come and they get. If you're already sick and you have named who you want, and maybe you say that that person can even act right now with the power of attorney and so on like that, because that's what you need, then in some cases, I'll actually do a copy, a new book for that person, because they're gonna be actively taking care of your business for you. If you're a co-trustee, for example, um, we'll do it like that, so that the person actually has their own book of, of documents to make it more convenient for them. Um, uh, but but I, I beg of you, encourage your parents to do a will. Encourage your parents to have a will done. And maybe a trust, but at the very least a will. And if you are a parent, make sure that you have a will that says how you want your children to inherit from you. Now And it can certainly say everything goes to my spouse, and then if my spouse dies before me, then to my children, or whatever variation on that you want. It should also have with it in your papers copies of the beneficiary designations on your retirement accounts, on your bank accounts. If your children are all adults, and please know that I'm saying parent and child here. But the same thing would would govern if you're an aunt or an uncle and you have a parent-child relationship with a niece or a nephew. A lot of aunts and uncles raise their nieces and nephews. And so they want to have that same relationship. And it's really important in that case to make sure that you name your niece and nephews in your will or your trust, because they may not inherit from you. Other people will inherit first before them. So if your intentions are to benefit your niece or nephew uh, or or a child, a non-related person, even more, you cannot, a friend is not going to inherit from you unless you say it in a legally enforceable will. Let me repeat that. A friend, a boyfriend, a non-legally related person will not inherit from you without a will. The law of intestacy totally governs what happens when people die without a will. And so you can be boyfriend and girlfriend for 30 odd years. You can be best friends, you can be business partners, if you don't have a will and or if you don't have your deed set up properly or you don't have your bank account set up properly, the persons that you intend to get your property will not get them under the law. The law will give it to the government before it gives it to a non-related person. And the persons who receive receive in certain orders Your spouse, then your children, then your parents, if they're alive, then your brothers and sisters, and everybody on that level is entitled to receive from your estate equally, brothers and sisters, and then nieces and nephews. Again, all on the same level. So everything's got to be divided out. You can end up having. Nieces, nephews, cousins, grandchildren, uh, uh, all kinds of folks that you don't even know. I know grandparents who have died, and the grandchildren who they never met come in and take along with the children who have been right there because maybe they had a predeceased child. And in some states, the children step into the shoes of the predeceased child. We've been talking today about parents who die without wills. It's really distressing for those that you leave behind. The most precious things that you have in in this world are your children. You really must protect them, even if they're adults. It doesn't stop there. It is a responsibility that you really must protect. And while I'm on the subject, if you raised your grandkids and you want your grandkids to you know, receive the benefit of living in your home or your money. You've got to have a will that says that. I I was stunned once where, for whatever reason, the grandmother who had raised the children, they had, they knew no other, no other home. They knew no other. The parent just was not there. Um, and for for some reason, the grandmother just would not sign that will. As soon as she died, her child, who had nothing to do, with her own children, came in, put the children out, sold the home, and kept the money. Because the grandmother had not done, she had never signed a will that said, I want my grandchildren to have this mon- this house. I want them to have this house. I want them to be able to stay in it. I want them to have the money. So one of them wasn't old enough to have received and been able to manage for the others. So please, I beg of you, make sure that your parents, your grandparents, your aunts, your uncles have a last will and testament. Do not let them think that you are going to be protected or do not think that you are protecting your wife, your husband, your child, your grandchildren, or whoever it is without a will. A will is the document that speaks when you are no longer able to after your death. The will is the only document that the court will look to. Well, I shouldn't say only. Deeds, power of attorneys, no, let me back up. Not power of attorneys. Your deeds will govern the distribution of your home, your properties. If there's nobody on the deed, then it goes into your estate. If there's not a deed that says transfer on death or something like that, a life estate, it goes into your estate. With no will, then the law of intestacy governs how it's going to be distributed. Bank accounts, brokerage accounts, retirement accounts, in many instances, retirement accounts will go according to the terms that are put on it by the uh, company that manages it. Without that, though, it goes into your estate. If the estate is being managed without a will, it's called intestate succession, and the law will govern it. That's where you get all the mess. That's where you get all of the confusion and, and, and unnecessary delay, le- expensive uh, legal fees and so forth like that. So encourage your parents to do a will. They can always change it, all right? They can always change it. But do a will to protect your own children, especially, even if they're adults, okay? Do a will. Have a will done, prepared for you. Put it somewhere safe and secure where somebody knows how to get it. doesn't have to be a safe deposit box, okay? But it does need to be safe and secure. Let them know that you've done something. You don't have to give it to them. You don't even have to tell them what you said if you don't want to, because you might change your mind. Okay, but at the very least, let them know that you have it. If you have dissension in the family, and you know your family, if you know, you know what children don't get along, who's bossy, who's going to be fair, who's not going to be fair, you know that. You know if your spouse gets along with your children or not, particularly. The, if it's a stepmother or a second marriage or something like that, a blended family, you know all these things, or you may think you know them. Whatever your intentions are, you can only make sure that those intentions will be carried out if you do, if you work with a lawyer to have a properly drawn-up will done, to make sure your beneficiary designations are correct and to make sure your deeds are correct. That's how you create and leave a proper legacy. More and more people are dying without wills. And I'm getting calls, lawyers are getting calls from adult children who don't know what to do and are frantic, from adult children who live in different states and they don't know what their parents left from adult children who said, my mother said this, my father said this, this is what they told me they were going to do. But if they don't do a will, there's no way to make sure that it gets done. So please just take care of it. It's a pers- it's part of being a responsible parent. It's part of being a responsible adult. Uh, whatever it is that your wishes are. Uh, Sometimes we have children that we don't want to leave stuff to. They might have an addiction. You might know that their their friends will take the money. You might know that their spouses will be all up in your business, and you don't want that, okay? You can have a lawyer prepare your documents in such a way as to prevent and avoid that. It's important that you do. And it can be done in a kind way, in a respectful way. You know, you don't have to say, I don't like or I don't trust my son-in-law or my broad daughter-in-law or whatever. You don't have to say that. You just say, this is who I want to be in charge. And if that person isn't available, then this person. Okay? And understand, your your executor or your personal representative, the person you put in charge, does not even have to be a family member. It is not uncommon to name your best friend a uh, a trusted advisor or someone like that not a financial advisor they're not allowed to do it unless they're members of your family if you have quite a lot of money you might even have a uh, industri- uh what do you call it? institutional trustee you know um Merrill Lynch Ameriprise all of those people act as trustees but you need to have s- at least three or four hundred thousand dollars to make that work, okay? But at least get something in writing. Get something in a legally get a lawyer to do your will, do your trust, and get get the original and copies of it. Um, we'll be glad to work with you. Give us a call at 240-638-2828. Go to my podcast, Law Talk with Ethel Mitchell, to listen to the programs uh, on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all of those places that have podcasts. Just put in Law Talk with Ethel Mitchell. It'll come up. There's at least 30 podcasts that have been uploaded, and we're trying to get more uh, every day. Uh, It's been, I really enjoy what I do. I'm I'm teaching other people how to do it uh, because I think it's important that you have the ability to create a financial stepping stone for the next generation. But you, in order to do it, you have to follow the law. You have to make sure those things are done in writing, okay, in a legally enforceable way to be sure that nobody's left behind. That you want to benefit, that your children, your grandchildren, if that's what you want, are protected, and are cared for, and that they get what you want them to get, that's really important. Um, tune in next week. I will be back uh, with more information for you. And think about any questions that you might have. Two four zero six three eight two eight two eight is our telephone number.